Krasnor <sighs> versus Witta. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Argo was absolutely fantastic. Fucking Affleck, man. Respectfully disagree. Keep in mind, that is like one person out of like a dozen saying something about the movie in reply to that first comment right like it's like affleck and then people were like yeah man it's like hitchcock but better like stuff like that people were saying pretty hyperbolic things so i was just like all right let's just see if i can slip in a you know little little disagreement it's a little bit i didn't use any harsh language i didn't really go into detail i just said "Eh, no um and then yeah then it gets into you like the new diehard so i don't you know like that's all I need to know. What like, like what are you trying to get at? But uh, like yeah, he hasn't seen it. Right. He hasn't I I mean, can you blame him though? I mean, I don't even really want to see it. No, like I guess that's fine. Like and really like and also I guess I should even clarify my diehard comments. I didn't love it and I never said I did. I don't I think you even speech. particularly liked it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my tweet on that was kind of just like well, that wasn't that terrible. There were some explosions and stunts in it that were okay. Eh, it's like a C. Eh, you know, whatever. Right. And that that's all you need, I guess, to just completely ignore everything. I don't, I don't know. But whatever. Yeah, logic. Logic. I guess, yeah, just the larger thing of, like, comparing movies from completely different genres. Like, I've kind of made fun of this before on my Twitter feed of, like, comparing things that make no sense like Werner Herzog's better than pizza you know Mm -hmm. like that what those aren't you can't qualify like quantify an opinion on that it's like is it is indie game the movie better than looper like I kind of had that weird Mm -hmm. dilemma because it's just like I don't know they're like so different like they're accomplishing different things and appealing to different parts of my brain right so yeah, like with movies, it's just like, how do you compare like Gremlins 2 to The Godfather Part 2? You know, I mean, like, obviously Gremlins 2 is better, but like, why? You know, like, what is it that makes it so much more interesting and compelling? Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the it's the comedy of it all. It's And it's also, it's got a lot of layers to it, too. Like, about, I'm like an being, onion. Yeah, yeah. Gremlins 2 is like an onion. And Godfather 2 is kind of just like onion paste or onion powder. You know, it's yeah. it kind of gets it, but it's just not quite there. The flavor isn't there. The flavor's not there, you know. And the consistency is shallow at best. Right, but the thing <laughs> is, people buy onion powder. Right. In this scenario. I don't know. This is all falling apart. And also, I'm being facetious because, I mean, people love The Godfather a lot. So it's another case of just like people love a thing a lot. So I will kind of question why mm-hmm. and that that. Yeah, it's just it happens every year in this specific case, though, with Argo. I think it's just like it's purporting to be historically accurate and it isn't at all. Yeah. Which is just kind of like an on its face problem that I'm just like, well, that's a problem. Like, I mean, that, that you, like saying it's perfect is just flatly incorrect because it's not because it's playing with history right and 
you can't you like but then i think that like that's just kind of a that's like a criticism some people have been leveling against it like i've been kind of reading through some imdb user reviews and stuff seeing if like pe- like people are on board the same way critics are and mm-hmm. it's definitely not quite the case like other people are upset about it because it totally simplifies iranians to be like a crazy mob which definitely like the movie definitely does like there's no <laughs> good iranian characters in it except one who seems to basically just serve a role as being like we're not being totally you know mean to all of them like this girl helped us so therefore she's good um anyway whatever and they just kind of shoves her aside again in favor of like giant hordes of like psychos yeah because iran is full of i guess and then like and other people are angry at it because like canada apparently did have a bigger role than the movie like depicts so it's like, hey, that was our story. Well, go figure. An American movie throws the Canadians under the bus. Yeah, like so, but, like whatever. Who cares? But even shit? then, like that's not the thing. I think my thing is just like this just isn't a good story. Like just it's just a boring story. It's a like un- uninteresting chapter of history that the movie tries so hard to make more interesting than they it try happens. to sexy it up. Yeah, and it's just like if you really boil it down, like even with the few like highly cultivated historical bits of information they do give you in the movie like you can kind of be like wait so essentially all that happened is the cia was really worried that a thing would happen so then they did this thing to prevent that thing from hypothetically happening and then they all slapped themselves on the back and called each other heroes when in actual fact that thing they were afraid of happening probably wouldn't have happened anyway you know like it's just like your only villain here is your own like judgmental ways of fearing Iranians because you don't trust them. Like that's not heroic. That's kind of sad. Like it, it kind of makes the whole secret service industry look kind of just, I don't know, problematic. Like I, I, I can't look at a CIA agent and just be like, yeah, they're a hero. Like I just can't do that because their whole business trades in like not trusting people being secretive, lying to people. Like, it's just like, this is, this is terrible. Like, this is the worst industry. So I'm not going to just be like, yeah, that guy. Unless you give me a really interesting reason. Like the good shepherd is a movie about the CIA and how kind of duplicitous and like weird that life is. Right. And that character is amazing. Like that character is really interesting and he does way horrible stuff, but like it shows how that happened over the course of his whole life. He becomes kind of like, this, yeah, he his life, his business, his trade is lies and secrecy. So that's going to make him like this really weird person in the end. And that was cool to watch. Munich was kind of cool to watch. That's about Mossad agents and them having to deal with revenge and whether it's actually worthwhile in even doing that. Like that was an interesting chapter of history. Also from the 70s about a thing that happened ostensibly, although it's, you know, even more secretive because the Mossad are really secretive yeah you don't have a book of their stories coming out so it's much more guesswork in that case but it it seems more authentic like even when i was watching argo the first time it was like there's no way that happened that way like that was just way too close a call to have been conceivable like especially in the 70s like it treats it like you know the same kind of fast pace like close calls nature of something like driven today like with cell phones and whatever but it's just like in actual fact, that kind of communication line would have been so slow yeah. that this is taking place over several hours 
is just cut together to make it seem like, oh, good thing they got those papers there in time. And you're just like, well, yeah, but I mean, it was the 70s. And also, let's let's keep in mind the stakes here. Worst case scenario, six people go back to be imprisoned for a while. And as we all know now, in light of what actually happened, none of them get killed. So what 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 really happened here? Like it's it was like nothing. Nothing nothing interesting happened. I I don't know. Like it's just I'm like I keep getting like like I guess part of it is like I was rudely surprised that it had kind of done the thing I was afraid Zero Dark Thirty would do. Okay. You know, which is like water down a like rather <clears throat> real like a realistic historical thing that happened i guess like larger speaking like the iran Iran revolution you know like the specifics of this hostage rescue are kind of just trivial like who cares right but the actual stuff like all the stuff around it and kind of its implications about iran as a like a world stage player or whatever like that stuff still kind of like you should handle that delicately because there's a lot of talk about iran happening right now and if you kind of like this big popular movie comes out that kind of paints them in a really simplistic, watered down, horrible way, that's not cool. That's irresponsible. Yeah, it did do that. Whereas like Zero Dark Thirty, I felt handled mm-hmm. its dicey situation like a little more delicately and a little more morally responsibly to the point where I can at least be like, yeah, OK, like that has earned a right yeah, to it didn't do too bad with that, actually, for sure. Yeah, like I again in neither case was I super caught up in the story because I just don't care. Right. But like that's my own problem, I guess. Like, oh, I don't, I'm not empathetic about historical. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. I guess you could probably level some sort of uh, what? What would you call that? Like apathy or something? Or um, cynicism. <laughs> cynicism, I guess. Like it's probably. Just like, oh, the government. Great. Here's another <laughs> propaganda story. Uh, yeah. You know. That that could be a way you look at all of the things I'm saying, but it at least handled it in a much more multidimensional way. This just kind of is like there's this you know single father agent and he wants to make good and do do a good job and that character is apparently kind of fiction. He did, he he was not that at all, but whatever. Um, like there were multiple agents involved in the thing, and then worst of all, it kind of like makes this an antagonistic situation. Like, we're just like, oh, no, they're, they barely made it. They barely escaped. It's all going horrible. And it's just like, uh, actually, it went off without a hitch. They went over there, picked up six people, drove to the airport, flew home. Um, Yep. That was. I like that story better. Yeah. Like, it's like, all right, well, that's that's cool. Job well done. But, like, this movie has to kind of gin up, like, it almost broke, man. It almost went bad. It's just like, no, it didn't. Like, you're, you're just making, like, it's it's making a mountain out of a molehill. Like, it's it's making a big deal about something that was not a big deal. And, like, I feel like part of it, like, you could be like, well, that's just things you brought into the movie before you saw it, you know? Like, that's, like, feelings you have about Iran, feelings you have about, like, I, I don't know, just uh, authenticity or historicity or whatever. But it was just, like, minute to minute watching it, I just didn't care about the characters. I felt it all seemed really exaggerated in a way that made it, like not interesting and whatever it was just it was like a passable movie it was just a movie and then to come out of that theater and like look at a world where it's being handed awards left right and center it's just insane like it's just like yeah it won the baftas it swept the writers guild awards it's probably going to win best picture and you're just like 
really? Why? Like, did you see any of the other movies that are in contention? Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel really compelling cases could be made for any of these movies. What is it about this one that is just so interesting to you? Like, I don't understand. And then to see, like, appraisals of it on Twitter essentially boiling down to, yeah, it's really great. What do you mean? Like, what was really great about it? Uh, how great it was. And it was really entertaining. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. That's what was great. Mm-hmm. Was like, I, okay. The town, whatever. I asserted my opinion the hardest. But in war, my friend, nobody wins. I guess. You learned this firsthand. I know. So right, at the end of the day, you're like, I got, I'm alive. I have the rifle. Oh, yeah. no. What did I do? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So there's that. But it, less less horrible in this case. So we're just like. A little bit. Yeah. It's com- I stomped it's on comparable. their opinions. It's Take comparable that. to war. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you know where I'm coming from here. So yeah. The internet is a battlefield, just like love. So the internet is love. Mm-hmm. And now you're not okay. talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, a stream of <clears throat> uh, pictures. So. No, 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 no. See, mm-hmm. by your logic, I won because you stopped talking. Yeah, no, you won. You got the point. <laughs> yeah, you won, won the conversation. Like that wasn't even an argument. Enough about that, though. I have a good media story, but it's it's a little weird. But yeah, <laughs> I have a good media story, but it's a little weird. It's from the I dark mean, net. Well, it's it, no, it's from like you know real news problems, but it it totally ties into media in a way I was not prepared for. You know that Christopher Dorner case that happens? <laughs> oh, wow. How close did you follow that stuff? <sighs> like, not at all, really. Okay. So I barely know what's even going on with it. Okay. So um, that's why I was a little blindsided that you brought it up. Yeah, fair enough. It's its connections to media are not readily apparent until right. you read his manifesto, which okay. is definitely one of the most interesting things I did this week in terms of just like, what? Like, it... It probably helped contribute to like a really angry mindset for a while too, but um, yeah, he wrote this kind of giant thing uh, criticizing the Los Angeles Police Department for a variety of things, basically blaming them for ruining his life and uh, having kind of this really inside baseball corrupt thing going on where if you report anyone for doing something bad, like it's a kind of just a buddy system thing, like they've got their tight crew, so they'll just kick you out. There have been movies about that. Yeah, there's been tons of movies about that. And like the Rodney King stuff, I guess he specifically kind of talks about um, people from that era of just like police brutality. They didn't get fired. They have been promoted subsequently over the last 20 years and are now kind of running things. So it's like maybe Mm -hmm. which I don't really know the insides of the Los Angeles Police Department, but it was definitely an interesting like like to be clear, like psychotic in a lot of ways breakdown of everything happening there like but it was it was like such a weird piece of writing because on one hand it's like well oh man this guy has made these weird jumps into like deciding violence is like a solution in this problem and everything it's like this is not cool but at the same time like it's just so weird to see late in that like essay or i guess tirade or whatever he has a kind of little breakdown of like shout outs and stuff he wants to just kind of give props to. Mm-hmm. 
And he talks about Walking Dead, uh, Christoph Waltz being awesome, and like all these shows and actors, and like like Hey Kent Woodlet, you know, like it's just weird that in what is essentially kind of like his last words, like his his final creed, like he's he's totally in there, like I'm probably gonna die as a result of what I'm about to do, and all this stuff, like I'm gonna also really shine a spotlight on all these stories and movies and things that I thought were great. Right. Which is just so weird. Like that, like up until that point, it was kind of just like an interesting little like document or whatever, like a history thing. Like just kind of like, Oh weird. This is like part of the larger story of like the, you know, LA riots and stuff. Like this is kind of like 20 years after that, like kind of a part of that whole weird sordid mess. But then to like it became that much more like weirdly relatable at that point because just like oh weird I watched that show I yeah. I thought that was great like you know like it's just kind of like all right and it also made it kind of strange because it was like this sucks because that means these stories didn't kind of impact him enough to not want to go crazy or something right to not make- want to go crazy people like, don't to- want to go crazy it's something that just happens well. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I was, I've kind of been a big fan of the idea that, like, if you expose yourself to a lot of media, a lot of different stories, you'll eventually come to a pretty grounded conclusion about what you're supposed to do. If you're whatever. not chemically imbalanced in the brain, I guess. Like, I think part of his issue also was just kind of like this really strange pride issue. Like, you know, like it, he would just not handle being talked down to like in the department well at all like it's just like you you know if you were standing around while i was being talked mess about i'm gonna kill you and you're just like all right (laughs) that's 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 a bit past the line of where where you're supposed to be um Mm. but then yeah to also just have these kind of like much more grounded stuff late in the article about oscar predictions and whatever it was kind of crazy i have to take a break but i'll be back it doesn't Hey. Oh, he's back. That oh what? We'll have fun later, guys. Oh man, I'm sorry. We're in the party. No, I was gonna do something. Oh. Basically I was going to do this. Okay, hello and welcome. Uh January twenty first, I'm gonna say twenty eleven. Uh welcome to the brand new Pixel Response movie related podcast. Is this like the first rebooted episode? What is this? At some point. But uh that's all we got for now. Uh, I'm Nathan, uh, amateur film critic at Beatroot, and a very seldom contributor, like uh, one or two things to Pixel Response. It's like two years ago. Um, It's the past. The The past. The voices Uh, of the past. I put up the Wayback Machine. Um, Pretty good, I'm going to say. Playing a lot of video games. This was, uh, that was, um, maybe like the second or third time we ever talked to each other like using voices wow that's awesome well like yeah it's kind of great to capture that like awkward first steps of anything it might have even been the i think it might have been the second yeah our our first top-down perspective anything was terrible it was it was really bad i don't think it's anywhere on the internet because we were just like that was a test run We'll do this better next time because, yeah, it was like a lot of amazing, awkward pauses and just kind of like, no, go ahead. No, no, stop. 
oh, I know. And it's like it's, soft-spoken in a weird way. It's yeah, that's that's what happened. It's just so awkward listening to that too because we're giving each other way too much like time, and now mm-hmm. we just cut each other off all the time. It's probably for the best. Like it gets to a point where I kind of forget about a thing I was gonna say, and then it's just like you know what, whatever, it's fine. I just just move on. At um, points, I do feel bad about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then um, I'm just trying to find it. I think it was this. I'm yeah. sorry. Bear with me. But you'll also hear it. So hold on. I love that song. It's pretty good. But hold on a sec. This is another episode that we did. Okay. And I think you explicitly say in the first couple minutes, like, you need to step up. <laughs> to me step up something like that welcome to movie monks <laughs> my name is nathan Rohr. i'm joined by paul fleck as always yep i'm gonna try to like talk a little less maybe i don't know you're gonna have to step oh, up right paul, talk more oh i guess so am i am i just like stomping on your toes all the time and you're just too nice about it um maybe i don't know Man. i kind of don't care either way all right just yeah Yeah. so (laughs) episode 17 mutant crocodiles did they kill paul mccartney you explicitly say (laughs) within the first two minutes you need to step up and talk more yeah say stuff paul go i'm just plugging in (laughs) part of that awkwardness i feel i still feel like i'm worried it'll creep into indie talks because every week it's like a new person that we haven't spoken to it it does for yeah so it's just like, well, I know how to talk to Paul really well, but I don't know if I'm going to step on someone weirdly, you know? So I, I'm I'm definitely much more res- reserved than I would be normally. I think that'll wear off eventually, but I don't right. know. It's I'm definitely still really self-conscious about it. I am in too. Those now. Because it's the just like, it's like, I feel like since you are as well, I can't be. So I force myself to not be when we do those. And I hate mm-hmm. myself every time we listen. I listen to them editing them because I'm like, Oh, I'm just trying so hard. It sounds yeah. Like I, I, I definitely feel a lot less. Uh, like it's not as a controlled an environment because you don't know if you're gonna kind of irritate someone or say something wrong. Like in even in our last one, which I think went really well, the one we recorded, I, I was a little worried that it's like, ah, uh, I don't know if we should be talking about larger industry affairs in like a negative light with someone here. You know, see, I get this call every day. Yeah. My thing was that uh, this is like our thing. The reason (laughs) people will listen to us is because we do give our opinion. So it shouldn't be any different for the indie guys. Right. But I just feel like like it has some potential to kind of attract a a third party. Like it's just like, oh, I wasn't so much. I don't I didn't know you were doing thing. I just want to hear what this guy has to say. You know, like I'm a fan of Frog Fractions, so I want to know what this, what's going on over here. Right. And it's just like, oh, well, for them, every minute where he like he's not speaking, maybe they're getting irritated. I don't know. You know, which isn't a, you know, that's not something I should really obsess over because like maybe they'll think we're OK. But I don't know. It's it gets kind of I, I definitely think more about how we approach those ones than just, hey, what's up? Weekly checkup talking about whatever rambo yeah i am happy that we finally got those episodes up Mm -hmm. this is like a history it's weird 
it's really weird. I'm kind really of happy. Rise of Planet of the Apes isn't on there. I, I haven't checked yet if I have that. Yeah, if you can check that, I will get it up right away. Okay, because like I I I don't know if like that was an important one or something, but I just I thought I really liked doing that. I listened to that one, but hold on, Pixar. Yeah. Small. Oh, you're checking right now. Oh, I definitely I do have some archive. I, I, oh yeah, you do have it. Apecast Paul, I have yours. Oh, <laughs> okay. I have I have R O T P O T A special. That's you. Full mixed episode. Oh okay, so um. When we're done the actual recording here, I'll uh-huh. tell you how to either upload that yourself or send it to me. Okay, we'll look into that. But you're okay. like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what those things mean, Paul. But I think it means people will be able to listen to the world's only Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the greatest movie ever made podcast, right? Of all time, and Which people I- can see your descent into what you are now. Right, where it's like, well, nothing else will measure up to this, so it's all downhill from here. Yeah, I'd almost like to do a retrospective, just mm-hmm. like of your descent. What's my whatever descent? My your descent. descent into madness? Oh, okay. Just cynicism or whatever, and like I'll take screenshots of the conversations we've had on Facebook. Yeah, that were just really like just putrid to each other. We were just vile. <laughs> if- 2011 like my mind broke and i couldn't <laughs> deal with things anymore so just like rise bloody apes <clears throat> anyone who disagrees is a fucking idiot blah blah and i don't respect your opinions <laughs> or whatever i forget what i was saying some of it was definitely knowingly hyperbolic like you, like you got some get out of here Hitchcock. stanley kubrick ain't shit rupert yes. wyatt Woo! but yeah i don't know are you still on the Rot Pata train? I have my posters up still. I really like that movie. It's a pretty oh. good poster, too. It's a good poster. Like, well, some of them are pretty dumb, but I have those, too. Oh, I don't. What are the other ones? I'm thinking of the one uh, that's just the ape face. The ape face, like, yeah, just Caesar's face is the one I have up. Uh, there's also Evolution Becomes Revolution. And oh, it's sh- like a bunch of, like, apes. <laughs> Is a like a big like posse of them, and like the Golden Gate Bridge is in the background. It's like on fire or something. Like, it's really dumb. Great. But, yeah. Uh, and like some of the most noteworthy apes in that movie aren't even on that poster. Like I don't think Maurice or Buck are on there, which is kind of lame. But wow. Whatever. Like it's just a bunch of chimps, which is like that's not how it goes. Oh well. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I still. I still definitely love that movie for like, for me, it's like it, it was, it had so many possibilities to go completely wrong at every turn. Cause it's like so dumb, but it doesn't. And it's like, that just shows you can do anything. You know, you can make a movie about the most ridiculous thing ever. As long as you can you find the right tone for it, you can totally nail it. And like, that's to me more impressive than like a movie about humans because that's easy. We've been doing that for a long time. Mm hmm. This is like almost like a return to silent movies or something. It's like it's like a weird thing where it's just like the protagonist barely does anything normally we would relate to, like speaking wise. And I don't know. It's pretty great. And also just cap- motion capture effects. Would, have you tried watching that movie on mute? No. I bet you could do that. Like you'd still get a lot of the. Well, yeah, because a lot of it's in the faces and the movements of the characters. Like, there's, 
uh, I don't know. It would definitely like you'd rob it of some of its cool like sound design and everything, which is unfortunate. And yeah. one moment would be completely ruined. I know, but like I'm thinking if it was a silent film or whatever, it would have the music and everything. People just wouldn't be talking. Yeah. And then at that moment, that's when the silence breaks. I think that would be really impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's ways to yeah, you're so we should like tint it black and white and just make a fan remix or re edit it, put it on the internet. With like a weird piano score, like do 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 or something going. Yeah. Some nineteen twenties style piano in there. I I was yeah. trying to pull uh, weird piano stuff Perfect. for today, but it didn't happen. Well, you're still assembling this whole soundboard business, but I, a lot I mean, of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's you could, you gotta pull a lot of stuff, dude. Don't know if you know, you but uh, I, mean, I could give you a little bit of this. I don't know what the tone of that would be though. <laughs> Like we're gonna set the mood. We're in like a haunted castle. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I have weird royalty-free music, so it's all legal to play all of this stuff right now. Nice. But like I have this. <laughs> Party zone. We're here. Yeah. So I don't even know, dude. Something called Radio Martini. I don't. Okay, no, that's not. Oh, this. I've heard that. um, That's um, candid conversations intro. Okay, that's why I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, where did Paul get this? Okay. Um. Okay. I just I want to bring it up just because it it is a recent movie that happened. Um, a good day to die hard came out. It did. Um, what are you, what is your relationship with the Die Hard movies? Like, um, the first Die Hard I ever saw was Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I didn't know what the hell was going on, really. I was too young. Okay. And then I watched the original Die Hard when I was a bit older, probably 15-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell in love with that. I loved Die Hard 2, and it loved it even more after working at an airport. It was something that, like, after... I'd get home at like two in the morning after working at the airport all night. Then I'd throw that movie on and it's just like, this is impactful right now. Okay. And like, especially when it was winter and Christmas and stuff, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. And then it's like, dude, there's, there's should be more baggage in that baggage area. Mm -hmm. The the fact that they can move around in there and stuff, it's just totally not a thing. But, um, yeah, exactly. But I love that one. And then, of course, like the love of Samuel L. Jackson and all that sort of stuff. I just kind of grew into Vengeance. I always thought it was the worst out of the first three. Yeah, I probably of that opinion, too. Like some people kind of trash talk to a bunch. And I don't know. I thought it was. But those people are wrong. So that's okay. Yeah, like, oh, it's like, oh, John McTiernan. He made the first one and the third one. Those are the best ones. It's like, what? Two, two is just two is fine. Two's okay. The third one takes too much focus away from McLean, I think, for my Maybe. liking. Like, if if there's one thing I'd level against the second one, like it doesn't have a villain that I remember or care about. You know, like one and three had like you know one is Gruber's Hans Gruber and three is his brother. So they, there's kind of like these charismatic European dudes as like the antagonist. I just don't remember who was doing anything in the second one, other than at one point. 
the special forces dudes are revealed to have been traitors because they were using fake ammo when fighting with certain dudes and real ammo when attacking. Right. So that that's like the one reveal I remember. So like one of those dudes wasn't on the level, but he is in no way the main antagonist or anything. Um, how do you feel about live free? Like the, um, like the reimagining of it, I guess like 12 years later, I did in a way enjoy live free, but I think I enjoyed it the way I would enjoy an action movie, not necessarily a diehard movie. Yeah. So it was very much in the mediocre to at best, like, okay range Mm -hmm. for me. And uh, from what I've seen of like trailers and clips and people talking about this new one, a good day to die hard. Yeah. It looks like I'm just going to hate it. So I'm not going to spend money to see it in theaters. See, I think what happened with me when going into seeing it is, like, I definitely saw that sediment going around. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, man, this is a horrible train wreck. This just ruins everything. And I don't know. I guess it was it was partially, like, going in expecting something worse than what I got, combined with, like, me being really pessimistic because the last movie John Moore made that I can really recall was uh, Max Payne. Yes. And I thought that was just a horrible movie. Like, it just does everything wrong in what should have been, like, an easy thing to pull off. Like, it's just like... Film noir. Done. Like, it's like, he's a cop. Something bad happened. He's going to shoot people in slow motion. This is basically every action movie Hong Kong has ever made. And he still fucked it up somehow. That with American actors. And, yeah. And then somehow handled that completely wrong. And there's, like, no good scene in that whole movie. It's just terrible. So... Going in expecting like a horrible disaster, I came out just being like, eh, "That's all right." You know, that could have been a lot worse. So whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it has a lot of like I, I almost look at like yeah, like those first three Die Hard movies are their own thing, and then these ones are the this is different. Like this, they're they're not interested in doing the same stuff anymore with the 2007 movie, which I did quite like. I I own it. It's it's a decent kind of larger scale action thing with you know some you know justin long's there kevin smith's making boba fett jokes like that's you know it's a romp it's it's okay kevin Um, smith is the warlock yeah i like him being a hacker type guy that kind of fits that's okay that works yeah except from what i remember he's like computer illiterate he just does internet stuff well okay i guess I don't know, but just like, you know, basement dwelling nerd who loves Boba Fett. No, I understand. Yeah, it it worked. Yeah. See, Um, can I like just digress for a second back to our main point? The one of the things I heard about this new Die Hard is that John McClane is barely in it. And when and like it focuses around his son, who is essentially Jason Bourne. Uh, he, he's an agent, but he, he's not, there's, he doesn't really pull off anything too super nutty like Jason Bourne. Okay. But like the the agent thing, all that sort of thing. Fuck. No, I don't care. That's not diehard to me. If I'm going to see a movie with the words diehard in it, I just kind of want a certain thing and I'm not going to pay top dollar to see something that like, it's just going to be like, uh, when porn ends all over again, I'm going to expect one thing and get another. It's not I, happening. Like, I mean, I think it's just like with, with the vengeance live free. And now this one, like they just kind of need someone to pair him up with, I guess is their mentality. So it's just like, why not his son? We'll make it a father son movie. 
it'll be and because they did the daughter before so let's let's throw the whole family in there the wife's been in there yeah like uh mary elizabeth winstead shows up briefly as his daughter again to kind of send him off and then welcome him home i love her yeah she it i yeah no generally yes but here she's given like nothing to do um I guess, yeah, the, like, really the only things about it that stood out as being, like, positive qualities were just, like, there are giant bombastic action scenes with good, like, real stunts happening in them, which was kind of just like, oh, that's kind of novel. I don't see that anymore. It's always a CG car driving on a CG highway or something. Like, this was, there's clearly a man in that car that got hit, and that was kind of crazy. Like, right. Like, those kind of, like, those are like that's low level praise i feel like that's just like that's just you know that's nothing important that's not gonna stick with me it was just like oh you know that's budget well used like there's some like like we joked about it immediately after seeing it like this is like the dumbest praise this is like you're a 10 year old kid and you're talking about action movies Mm -hmm. there are some cool explosions in it like there's a really great explosion that happens late in the movie and that's not a good reason to pay twelve dollars or whatever to see a movie. But if you're there anyway, like it, it was, it was like good effects, man. That helicopter looked like it crashed hard, and that was kind of cool. So whatever that you know, whatever that's worth to you, that's that's a thing. And I will say, my my experience was benefited immeasurably by the fact that there was a like I don't know forty range, like forty age range couple sitting behind us that loved the movie. They were just laughing and yelling at the screen and just getting super caught up in everything that was happening in a way that I just, I don't know, I just, that does not happen very often anymore. So I was just like, I was enjoying their enjoyment. So, like, it's such a relative, subjective experience that I had, but I had an okay time Mm -hmm. watching the new Die Hard movie. And then I went and ate a steak and it was really good. So I had a good day. It was like the 21 Jump Street thing where I had a good experience. And that might have benefited a kind of lame duck movie, but it I like I was prepared for it to kind of just ruin everything and just be really really depressing. It didn't do that, so you know, hey, made it out unscathed, saw the movie. But I guess if I had to kind of like think through it much like in a more critical fashion, it's like, man, that story is stupid. Like, yeah, his son, like some of the dialogue they exchange is just like, this is like a really bad, like Father's Day card or something like, you know, like it's just kind of really lame exchanges happen a couple times. Like, just like, hey, we're going to bring it down for a minute and have some emotional dialogue between father and son. And it's just, it does not work every single time. Like, it's pretty bad. But yeah, there you go. Don't maybe don't see it like it's not (laughs) I don't think it's going to ruin the Die Hard legacy because I don't really have like even though I like the Die Hard movies, I don't view them as like, oh, man, that that was the peak of action cinema like that. movie. Oh, my goodness, guys, like gather around. We should probably get get like have a criterion release for this thing. This thing's important. It's just like, no, whatever. Like, it's okay. It's a it's a good action movie. This one. Not not so much, but again, relative scale on the like wide spectrum of action movies, this one at least has a few qualities that work out for it. And man, it was so much better than that Max Payne movie. So, okay. So just to be clear, a good day to die hard. Argo. 
Um, see, that's where it gets into <laughs> territory where it's like you have to judge each movie kind of relative to its peers as opposed to all films ever. Right. So, like compared uh, to Bullet to the Head or whatever. Like I wouldn't even like you. You played like a like a crowd clapping. I would give like a golf clap or something. Like you know? good att- good attempt, guys. Yeah, it's like you tried. You know, I was expecting a lot worse. That you know that yeah. Like I was told specifically, like it is just a humorless, just sad thing on the screen. There, there's like a some okay exchanges here and there that kind of make it work. Like the ugh, one henchman guy though. Okay, right. I will say this movie totally wastes all of its henchman potential in a way that just struck me as really weird. Like that's just like action movie 101. If you have a a villainous character who has like a distinct look to him or he has some kind of weird thing, you th- you kind of start to expect he's going to be in a big fight or do something cool. And that just doesn't happen. Like there's like this guy with really weird flamboyant hair and like this gray suit, he just dies like just offhandedly in an action scene. And more importantly, there's this like big burly, like a like dude with tattoos all over him. And he's like bald. And you're just like, all right, this, this, this clearly I've seen some action movies. This is going to end with a knife fight or something like this. This is going somewhere. And now he just like blows up. Like it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like from that eighties legacy, like Rambo three or something, or, even the the first Die Hard has one of the best examples of this. That dude on the hook that comes back, mm-hmm. like the long haired guy. Yeah. Like you kind of like I was just like, oh, well, obviously this is this movie's that guy. And no, they just don't care about doing that at all. They just kind of off everybody. Like, like they even give one guy like I thought he was really annoying, but he's like kind of really lighthearted. Like he's laughing all the time and inappropriate stuff during a car chase, and he's like dancing around, like literally dancing, and <laughs> like they just kind of off him casually too, like to kind of reveal the real villain. But it, it's like, no one cares about the story at that point. And right. okay. I will say this is kind of one of the few spoilerific things this movie has. Okay. I don't want to, you know, totally ruin his parade or whatever, but I, I thought it was hilarious that they decided to do this. The movie takes place in Russia. What, how, how would you, if you were going to set your movie in Russia, what is like one of the things you would do? To kind of just broadly throw a giant fucking meteor through it. Good, timely, timely. <laughs> That's not they couldn't do that obviously because that just that just happened. Right. But um, Chernobyl. Yeah. They tie in Chernobyl, and great. Really, really, really dumb. The most important thing I have to ask you about this movie, so we can move on. Yeah. How do they handle the yippee kaye? Badly, like, like. It, like in the in the live for your die hard it's kind of muted by gunfire but it's at least said at like kind of a really key point right here it's kind of muttered by him to himself as he does a thing i like that better though because okay. if you like it i'm you know, trying to remember how it's doesn't he, he says it too, and die hard one he says it on the radio as he's kind of hiding from uh Hans's henchman, he's like, yippee ki motherfucker. And he, yeah. he just keeps going or whatever. At the end of Die Hard 2 is probably the best one where the plane is leaking fuel and he's like, yippee ki yeah. motherfucker, throws the lighter and the plane explodes because realism. Right. right. Third, I guess kind of like that one, but it's done less declaratively. It's more just like, well, yippee ki motherfucker. Then he does a thing. See, I like that better, though, because he's old at this point, so it's just kind of like almost in a way 
like here we go again or like yeah like it's it's almost over i'm not a young man anymore i'm ready to die <laughs> like yippee motherfucker the real adventure is about to begin but okay it, yeah. it it was handled a little weird but i don't know it sure. was there so you wouldn't recommend it really for probably anybody to see in theaters and like maybe if you have some extra money you want to go for a night out maybe you like, like action yeah, movies it can only be part of like a larger thing like if you're like hey we're hanging out with some friends anyway we're gonna go for some food after like this won't ruin everything unless people are really passionate about their diehard movies you know like i guess that person a lot of people are though so yeah i guess those people are i i'm like in this weird category of people who totally saw all those movies and just never got attached to them so i i I was immune to its awfulness i guess which you know yeah make a movie about puyan and watch the shit fly for you yeah uh, yeah if you make a poor adaptation of that that's that's right in the heart that's like right in the center of who i am as a person so the gloves are coming off yeah that that that's on that's inexcusable but this this i don't know like it's like fifth time out for a thing i guess you could have hoped it went fast five where it gets better yeah it didn't it didn't pull that off but again yeah it's all about managing expectations like if you go in expecting the worst movie you you probably you've seen in a long time it's not that but okay. if you go in expecting a great time like you've had like the previous four times to some degree, it probably will be somewhat dissatisfying on that front, I guess. Right. So, yeah, like, you know, I'm trying to think how a C grade would really rank on like a five point scale. Like, I feel like I'm really mid middle of the scale. Like, this is at best. It would be probably a five or six. Yeah. On the best day in the world, a six. You know, it's it's not very good. But it was not a train wreck, right? You know what is a good day. You know what a good day to die hard was. What Valentine's Day when it came out? Yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. That's How true. was your Valentine's Day? What did you and your lady friend do? Um, well, we exchanged cards and whatnot. Um, I managed to. I did. Like, I did see the rose. Very yeah, I classy. To acquire that stuff kind of in stealth because like we're, we're together a lot, so it's just like I had to find a weird checkpoint in a day where i had i think you have the same issue i'm having lately like for the last year or so mm-hmm. where when you're out at a store or whatever she's the one that drove <laughs> so it's um, just like i can't like buy like i'm at the store finally and i want to buy something for her yeah but i have to bring it in the car and it has to sit with us for like 10 minutes until we get home and then i, I might be able to hide it I guess I will say the behind the scenes adventure as to how I acquired uh, the card and well, no, not the, not actually the card, just mainly the book I bought her and whatnot. Um, that resulted in me getting in trouble at work because I took too like I took longer than I wanted to. You took a lunch break or something? No, no, no. I took a like quite a while after class to get there via transit and stuff because yeah, normally I would have been driven. But I was like, no, I'm going to go on a little transit adventure down to Schnook. And oh. figuring that all out took way longer than I anticipated. And then I, I had told her I'd be back at 9 for work. So I was like, oh, crap, it's 7.30 now, and I still have to go to work. So I put in, like, half a shift. Gotcha. Okay. Which I, which I, I'm, usually that's not an issue, but I guess this time I overlooked that there was a thing on Thursday that I should have set up for or whatever. And, yeah, it, it resulted in some mild problems but 
I think that's smoothed over now. You know, family day was today and everything. I set up for that, whatever. So whatever. Janitor problems, it's not a big deal. But it was definitely like, yeah, that transport issue became a bit of a thing. And you got a good gift and made your lady friend happy. It's all good. Yeah. So worked out long term. Actually, yeah, it was really good. And I, I did really enjoy the like steak, steak meal I had after Die Hard and whatnot. We had some pierogies. I like pierogies. They're pretty good. Pan fried. I'm not a huge. Yeah, pan fried pierogies. I will eat all fucking day long. But you try to boil that shit. I will throw it back in your face. Yeah, they just get kind of squishy and weird. It's so gross. Um, thank you so much for knowing what I'm talking about, because everyone I talk to about that, they're like, you're a prima donna. You're an idiot. Well, it, like, if if you have the alternative to fry them, like, why would you do that? Like, I, I, for a long time, I was served boiled pierogies, and to the point where I was like, I don't think I like pierogies. I don't want to eat them. No, totally. You can actually even uh, deep fry them, too, if you have a deep fryer. Oh, okay. And you can bake them in the oven. Mm-hmm. See, like all of these are better options than boiling. right because you get that crispy shell with the deliciousness inside. Yeah, it's like that's like potato qualities you want to capture is some sort of crispness. You need the crunch, like the crispy crunch outside with the tasty inside. That's what you need if you're gonna have pierogies. Otherwise, get out of my face. Yeah, so that that worked out well. I we, I, I think I don't know if that like we also went out for a breakfast thing where I also had pierogies. It was the Ukrainian lunch. Which, um, I guess, lunch. So, not breakfast, but whatever. It was at a breakfast-themed restaurant. Right. They have those now. I don't know. It's like Cora's and Nelly's are kind of the ones around here. Which is like, hey, breakfast food. All day long, you can have some breakfast. Yeah, like, Nelly's is real good, too. Yeah. I like Nelly's. I, I was impressed with it. Like, the internet, like, you know, Yelp and Urban Spoon kind of people, they were grouching about it a bit. Well, because people on Yelp are retarded. They're functionally retarded. I had some so. really cool soup. It, like, I'd never – carrot and ginger soup. It kind of had the consistency of pea soup, but it, it was totally different. It was mm. orange, like golden. And I was like, what is this? This is like weird soup. I've never heard of this. And I was like, oh, it's ginger and carrots. I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I know. I had a pleasant lunch. Now we're talking about food. Food reviews on Pixel Response. Pixelresponse.com slash food. Yeah, slash food, get all the latest on local eateries in Calgary. I have um, been thinking about doing, uh, like, name.pixel-response.com for, like, community blogs. Mm-hmm. So, so just have a food blog. But, like, I think the easiest thing would be just food.pixel-response.com and let people talk about food on yeah. a secondary blog. There's just this other thing that's, like, there's the food <laughs> version of the site, which is clearly our second priority here. Like, it's like films and movies whatever it's mostly us and then food and well, then just i love how the conversation went to like a romantic part for a little bit there mm-hmm. but i mean it's like forget that shit food dude food. yeah food was really good so yeah well, forget I, the I rose did you sing kiss from a rose i didn't sing anything no oh we missed out to that you song and enjoyed it, but yeah you fucked up bro I think it's post that community episode. We've we've laughed about that song a bit, but uh, yeah, no, I I did not sing Kiss from. I don't know many of the lyrics from Kiss from Rose. Him actually saying that isn't as much of a part of the song as I think it is. Every time I listen to it, there's a lot of other stuff in there. But yeah, well, I mean, I compare you to a Kiss from a Rose on the Gray. Yeah, I did a <laughs> I did a stupid Photoshop of the cover of the Gray with <laughs> Liam Neeson holding a rose in his mouth. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Seal was on there somehow or something. No. Valid. No, just for that one line, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. But I, yeah, that's too nuanced. I wouldn't even like. I would not. <laughs> I know. She's like, what the hell is going on with Liam Neeson? What's he doing? <laughs> I'm just like, no, dude, it's a kiss from a rose. What? Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and you don't know that song at all, do you? Not very well at all. No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I've heard it a couple times, but. Baby. That was bad. I should just play it, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, is that on the soundboard? Why isn't that on there? That's that's rights. That that's public domain, right? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> and like, out of all people, Seal, he's gonna be fucking crunching that rock for all the blood he can get out of it. Right. Like that's just one thing, right? He hasn't really. <laughs> the one thing that probably still makes him money. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, he's getting royalty checks from that. Just the community episode and everything. He's probably gotten a couple. You know, it's going to happen. Oh, wait. I, I, did I, did I enjoy that song, too. That? Hmm? I enjoy that song, too. And I'm sorry I cut you off. What? Uh, did we miss an episode of Community? Was there one on Valentine's Day? Uh, the last one was the Halloween special. What? Oh, man. I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Was it good? Uh, comparatively, yeah. Okay. So The thing is, I have a high standard for Halloween specials from Community. Okay. So... It wasn't that, but, I mean, Pierce was somewhat of a focus in this one. Oh, weird. Okay. Despite, yeah. like, post-disgruntled. Well, the thing is, um, he's stuck in his panic room at his house. Okay. His house, like, he, there's a weird haunted house thing going on. That's the theme. Oh. It's this haunted sort of thing with, like, the soul of his dad or something. That's the th- idea behind it, and stuff happens. Okay. Well, that, that could be funny. Um, it ain't bad. Ain't bad, yo. Cool. It sounds good. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just looking at supper plans on my uh, texting, but yeah. Oh, for tonight? Yeah. Sorry, this is, this is starting to get into yeah. But we need to, Paul. What what stuff have you been doing lately? How was your Valentine's Day? I didn't even ask. I'm sorry. That was so rude. You know Can what? You it's that? T- no, it's fine. And oh, to punish you, though, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, what? Secrets? I don't like secrets. You heard my whole rant about the CIA. Like <laughs> secrets, secrets are lies. Secrets are... You trade in lies. You sit upon a throne <laughs> of them. dog. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool, CIA. You should stop doing that. She'd should probably kill me for putting it out there, but um, a long time ago, one of the... Like, I was keeping a secret from one of my girlfriend's Mm-hmm. And uh, she spouted that secrets are lies thing, and that's just kind of been a thing I've made fun of her for ever since. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, I, I don't know. It's it's more just like they don't. They don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have like strong opinions about personal secrets exactly, but they, they don't. I have never seen one help a situation very much, like personally. They okay. Just, they don't seem to do that. Right. Whatever. Uh, Valentine's Day was fine. Cool. Pretty uneventful. Did you have a good... How was the food, though? That's kind of what I was trying to get at. Uh, I'm just trying to remember what it was. It was uh, macaroni noodles with, like, uh, with uh, cheese melted in it, topped with a meat sauce, a meat and mushroom sauce. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Yeah. Macaroni noodles. Yeah, no. Macaroni noodles have been a thing I've been eating lately. I had that for lunch. 
So. Staple. Actually, I had that for lunch yesterday. So twinsies. Mm-hmm. There you go. They they kind of expand in a way I was not prepared for. It was weird. You oh you've never cooked them before? Well, I have, but just the, my mainstay noodles for all things have just been like spaghetti, spaghettini and like spaghetti or linguine on occasion. So then it's just oh, like and they don't they don't puff out nearly as much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like oh man, I don't have that many left in this bag. I'm just gonna pour them all in there, and that's just like oh that's a have, bad idea. Yeah, it's like more like i was like oh i still got like a third of a pot of spaghetti sauce i'll cook all of this and it was like oh that was that like those that sauce has been gone for days now i just have noodles and i'm trying to figure out interesting ways to eat them right but yeah i watched the hobbit on valentine's day though right right uh, you seem to have a very positive kind of appraisal of it like did you see it in 48 frames or yep i did okay like did you not, find that not in 3d or? though oh okay not in 3D? No, it was on my television. Oh, okay. But you had it running in the frame rate? Yeah, because my television does that, which oh, is cool. why X-Men Origins Wolverine looked so weird to me. Okay. Because I didn't turn it off. That was the first movie I watched on Blu-ray when I bought my new TV, and I didn't turn it off from the like display mode they automatically do, which is the like higher frame rate. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, man, that movie. Like, if you go back to whatever episode I was talking about that movie, it's recorded. It's one of the previous uh, movie monks from back in the day. Yeah. I was saying how that bad that movie looks, the special oh, okay. effects, and I think it might be because of the frame rate. That that so. definitely does demand a certain – yeah, it changes things a bit. Like, to the point where I'm – yeah, I still don't know what all my thoughts on The Hobbit are because I was so kind of enraptured with the technology side of it. Um, but how how did you feel about it? Yeah, that didn't take away from me at all. Okay. So um, you just did you dig it? I can definitely see why people say like, yeah, they're pandering to kids. Maybe like they're really going for the more slapstick kitty audience. But I that's mean, just that story though. I'm just like that's what I was about to say. Tolkien has always been about that. There's a reason why like you and I have read this book multiple times and stuff growing up and heard about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because it was like a classic literature tale that everybody should read. Like I still haven't read a tale of two cities, but I've read the Hobbit and it's because it is very easy for kids to get into. Yeah. It's a fun adventure book. Yeah. So I don't understand why anybody would expect nitty gritty in the first place, but I mean, whatever, that's fine. Um, it does feel like it dragged on maybe a little more than I would have liked in the first 20 minutes or so. Okay. It wasn't too bad. It's just well, like one of those that kind of that... framing device with old Bilbo, or do you mean like them be- like kind of hanging out in Hobbiton before them, they get them hanging oh. out specifically? And it wasn't bad the first time, but the way I was thinking about it is uh, when it comes out on like the special edition Blu-ray, or the next movie comes out, and I watch this movie again to catch up, and then the third movie comes out, and I watch the other two to catch up. I'm gonna yeah. have to sit through that 20 minutes of kind of nothing again and again. Hmm. So I was thinking like future watches like, oh, this is going to be boring until this part. Uh, best part of that movie, in my opinion, the whole Gollum scene. I really I was really excited to see that brought to life. Mm-hmm. And I felt they did it did by it right, in my opinion. So, yeah, no, it definitely was really well realized. That was kind of a weird thing. Like what we watched a uh, fellowship after that. And, yep. like, there is a little bit of that scene, 
in there as kind of like a setting the stage for the whole things, yep. which is kind of weird now because they've done it differently with a different actor and like a different staging and whatever. So it's just kind of like, oh, this is going to be the one part of this whole like six movie thing that's going to stand out as being kind of like that. Oh, weird, right? This wasn't originally going to have a prequel trilogy kind of, but yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like Gollum, Gollum's great. Andy Serkis still doing his thing. Uh, I'm trying to think what were like, if I had any real kind of highlight moments in there or performances or whatnot. Hmm. I don't know. I have to watch it again. I, I didn't mind the early Hobbiton stuff, but maybe, maybe it's, maybe that'll, maybe that'll change upon subsequent things. With one exception, I didn't really like one of the songs they sang there was kind of their goofy cleaning up song. Yeah. That just seemed like, oh, this is like a Disney movie or something. It was, it was like, that one was a little too sweet and silly. Was that in the book? I don't think so, but I don't know. I've been meaning to reread it in light of this, but. Because I, I, I know like there's songs. I, I know there's a part in that song that you're talking about where they're like the chorus is something like that's what Bilbo Baggins hates or something. Yeah. Or whatever. That sounds really familiar. And I'm wondering if maybe they were just saying it in the book or. Maybe, if, maybe that to- totally does happen. I just didn't. I don't know the melody of it or the, the way they were cleaning up stuff just looked really ridiculous. But agreed. Yeah. I don't know that that part of it just didn't really do much for me. But yeah, I don't know. I I felt it, it was a little weird seeing how harsh critics were on that movie. Like it's in the mid sixty percent range, and it's kind of just like, what? Why? What? I don't. It wasn't like come on. Like at the very least, it was like a pretty entertaining thing, you know. Like, yeah, and like, generally just a fan of um, I mean, New Zealand and Middle Earth and like the way they shot Lord of the Rings. I was really happy to just dive back into that world again, mm-hmm. in some way. So Gandalf looks a little bit older than maybe I would right. like. But he's but, supposed to be younger, so you get that weird thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's really noticeable at the beginning of Hobbit, I think. And mm-hmm. maybe you just get used to it, but the first time you see him, you're like, oh, you've aged or you've gotten a lot younger, depending on which way you look at it. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. But yeah, I watched that. I watched Paranormal Activity 4. You didn't really fancy that one, did you? No, it was really fucking stupid. But, like, more so than any other stuff they've done? I've only seen the first one, but I thought that movie ended pretty stupid. Yeah, okay, so I'll tell you what they could do to make this series memorable, Mm -hmm. if nothing else. Like, or the way they can get people to continue coming in. Yeah, they need to drop this whole pretense of there's one demon and we have to follow around this family or these people. They have to completely drop that. They have to drop like, oh, the lineage or like the people that live next to the people that had it. They need to drop those people completely. And if they're going to make this a yearly thing, they almost need to make it like a weird series where these are different paranormal activities that are happening to different people across the world. Okay, like make it a larger scale thing than it is right now. Yes, because right now they're focusing. They have too specific of a focus on story. And the thing you go to that type of movie for is not story. It's for the haunted house effect where something scary is happening. And like 
there's some it gives you the chills or whatever the idea that something's in your sanctuary right with you right and wait and you're like is it part of it like at present it's kind of removed like pushing the audience out of it because like well you don't need to, you don't have anything to worry about at this point this i would family. say so yes for yeah. sure because like to begin with it it made sense even for the first two i'll say because it mm-hmm. was like this shit's happening you don't really know what's going on then the second one's like oh this was just kind of a thing that's been happening in our family and blah 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 so whatever and then the third one goes into this weird like well previously there was like this cult sort of thing and this like cult things going on or whatever and blah 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 they try to do some stupid shit with that i've heard good things about the third one whoever but... said that's dumb oh okay no i'm sorry i don't actually mean that i i think the third one is better than this one okay but so, they've been diminishing each time out in your in your view they've been diminishing ever since the first one for sure uh like even the second one was a huge step down in my opinion Mm-hmm. and definitely at this point it is a fact that this seems to be like the thing that happens to these people so why should i care it's just kind of funny watching it's almost like a what is that freuden sh- shot or whatever schadenfreude schadenfreude i got that mixed up in my head yeah. uh yeah so it's like well you're making me watch this stupid movie so i'm glad this is happening to you Oh, okay. You almost get a weird sick pleasure out of it. It's just like, yeah, I don't care. So now I'm just going to watch it, the ridiculousness and laugh really hard when a chair comes out and stops a child in the middle of his plane or whatever because it's really funny looking and it isn't scary at all. And also, like, what's this idea of a fertility demon or whatever? Why do you summon demons into this world that just fuck with you? Like, this demon doesn't do anything to give you power or to, like do anything crazy so you can like have a baby or anything because it has to have its its hosts have to be children so the idea of a fertility demon that hosts into children that are already born specifically Mm. males is ridiculous to begin with and like this all the thing the only thing this demon does is like move shit around and fuck with you until you're scared i don't does that not sound like the stupidest fucking demon it does sound pretty stupid, but I, I can't really pick apart the lore of this. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of them or whatever. Like, I'm trying to, like, like the last horror movie I really saw in the theater was, like, Sinister. And that does a better job, maybe. Well, I don't know. That does, that at least establishes its demon's threat to children and whatever. And it, it kind of works. And it doesn't just mess with you for the sake of messing with you, if that's the if that's what you're saying. Like, in Paranormal Activity 4, does the demon just enjoy tormenting people, so it just kind of does scary shit? Kind of. But, like, the scary shit isn't even scary. It's... There's a lot of jump scares. bumps in the night. There's a lot of jump scares they try to attempt, and even the jump scares are from Mm -hmm. the other people just kind of freaking each other out. They're, like, teenagers and stuff in the house. Yeah. So, like, that... The the stuff the actual demon does is basically, like, walk around, talk to the children... Mm-hmm. And um, at one point pulls a chair out in front of one of the children while he's uh, on his little tricycle thing. Very reminiscent of The Shining where he's just like dr- driving around or whatever. And then a chair from the table gets pulled out and then he stops. And then there's like a two minute awkward pause. And I was laughing hysterically the whole time to the point where I almost fell off the couch. 
because like that you so that silly. they thought that was a tense moment to like riff on. Yeah, and the fact that there was an awkward silence sort of thing, and the way they get out of it is the child just kind of like almost shrugs and keeps going. (laughs) That does sound pretty stupid. So it's like, oh, so even they're just kind of like, meh, whatever. Uh, Secondhand sarcasm saying half the shit in Paranormal Activity 4 happened during the day. Daytime is the least scary thing in the world. I'm going to counter-argue that and say that that would be scarier to me because it would be like, oh, well, there's no time boundary or whatever. Like, even in the daytime. At no time of day are you safe. Right, exactly. And the weird thing is he's saying it's supposed to be 3 a.m., like, always the hour of demons. The thing is, I'm a night owl, so 3 a.m. is everybody else's noon to me. That's when I'm the most awake. Okay. So I disagree wholeheartedly because I I was saying something even to the people I was watching Paranormal Activity 4 with where I'm just like, I love how they're trying to make it so scary. Like, oh, it's two in the morning. And I'm like walking by getting a like a bunch of crackers in my underwear and just like drinking coffee and then walking back to my computer. Right. Like, like if it was like if this was to take place in my life, it's just like, what up, plant some Professor Layton? I don't know. You drink yeah. some tea. Like, I don't know. Like, just kind of sitting like it's supposed um, to be like you know you're kind of rudely awakened in the middle of the night and then some you're kind of groggy and something weird's going on but it's just like well that doesn't happen like that's you know if yeah that would be great if it's like it's that's happening to like people who have the same sleep schedule as we do so it's like you go outside at like 2 p.m and it's like yeah. oh some weird it's like no that's just society it's just people are awake and doing stuff but now. then like if it was tailored to you and i specifically nobody yeah. would be freaked out about your girlfriend sitting there watching you sleep at noon they would just yeah. be like oh she's just angry that she's like with this slob that won't get up until <laughs> yeah like, that would happen like that's not there's nothing weird about that it's more just kind of like yeah that'll that'll take place if someone's has a full-time job and someone else is a part-time student slash janitor who sleeps a lot yeah so know? like our life our the way they could tailor to us would make it for 99% of the rest of the world just completely ridiculous. Or, yeah, just, like a comedy almost. Someone's just like watching you sleep at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's like yeah. it's supposed to be scary because she's standing there, but it's like, no, it's just scary because she's going to kick my ass for sleeping all day when I wake up. I'm not going to hear the end of this. That's a different movie. Yeah, it's a whole different movie for sure. Okay. And, uh, second on sarcasm is asking, how do you feel about the connect parts? That is the one thing I kind of liked about that movie, and I'll tell you why. It's the only time in that movie, in this series so far, where I feel they've actually tried to innovate with stuff that would ostensibly be in somebody's household. Because some of the other ones, it's like, oh, we're going to set up these tape, like the cameras that use uh, normal cassettes or whatever, because this was happening before that time. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Well, I know in I, two, they set up a bunch of stuff all over their house. I think it was three that he, like, it was supposed to be a been prequel. Yeah. Yeah. So he's using, like, VHS tapes and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, back even at that time, nobody would have all those cameras or whatever. And I think he had two or three, like, very basic. But, and it's just one of those things that, like, you wouldn't have a bunch of cameras sitting around. I have one webcam, and that's because I do live streams sometimes. Right. So, like... The connect is the one thing I could really see people actually having in their house. And I mean, the technology behind the connect is kind of weird anyways, where it's sending all this infrared crap out to track everything. 
So the idea that you could kind of see like the figure of a ghost is kind of okay in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't like, if we're going to talk about the Kinect thing, is how blatantly obvious a lot of the stuff, um, when tr- the product placement is. Like, and, do they talk about it a lot and have fun with it? They do have fun with the Kinect specifically. Ooh. Yeah, that, um, that clearly doesn't happen in reality. So, I'm just <laughs> you. Unless it's a, like they're playing some Kinect party and it's like, wow, this is so broken. There was Woo! one part where um one of the main girls was like running across the street to the neighbor's house in the middle of the night and a car almost hits her and she said fucking Prius. <laughs> yeah. So like specifically says that Prius, like the type of car it is, which nobody what, would, nobody that. would <laughs> ever do that. I'm sorry. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember a few. I almost got hit by this Tesla model S. Oh man. It was crazy. But what a deal. <laughs> I was going to get hit by style at an affordable price. <laughs> um, what else was there? Like their dad drinks Corona. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Secondhand sarcasm is breaking down all of these products that pop up in there. Corona, um, Prius, Connect. Um, yeah. Okay, what do do they like accent Corona pretty explicitly or Corona? You mean? Yeah, is there like, oh man, that's good. Anyway, what's going on? I okay, so I don't know because we've as a society we've been so used to seeing stuff like that, and this ties into uh, the greatest movie ever sold or whatever that I watched Mm -hmm. a couple weeks back. I don't even, yeah, by uh, Morgan Spurlock or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even notice that a lot of product placement anymore unless it's really obvious. So that's how obvious the Connect, Corona, and uh, Prius stuff is. Mm. Yeah, everybody has a MacBook. Also. I've heard some to something to the effect that Apple doesn't pay for that to happen. It just kind of, I don't know. But maybe that's obviously a thing they'd want you to believe because I've definitely seen them pop up in a lot of movies. But. Yeah. Specifically, Drag Me to Hell, it stood out as being like, is this just on purpose because Justin Long's in it and he's like using an iPhone and he's. Dude, fuck Justin Long. He should die in that movie. Like, it's just like, I don't know. He He's kind of so associated with that brand at this point. I do kind of want to like curtail this into have you seen VHS? Not yet. I okay. have it ready to go. It's, uh, it, it kind of has like some weird problem. Like I had some weird issues with it, but some of those segments are really good. So it has that kind of anthology movie problem where it's like, well, there's some good stuff in it, but there's some kind of dumb stuff in there too. But overall, I think I was like entertained by most of what they do. And there's some creative stuff in there. Like it's a bunch of different directors doing different kind of found footage stuff. Um, And then they try to kind of tie it together in this overarching narrative, which I felt kind of didn't work very well, mainly because it kind of firmly establishes that, like, oh, man, like, there's this house full of crazy videotapes. That's fine. That's cool. I, and then, like, that led me to think, like, oh, cool. All right. So, like, they're all going to kind of stick to this premise that, like, this was shot on VHS tape. It has that aesthetic. And it's going to just, like, gnarly stuff happen. And this dude's been collecting them. Awesome. However, some of the actual videos you see, like, you see the cameras they're being shot with and they're digital cameras. And at one point, there is a Skype chat that is just captured. 
is kind of the premise of that one. And That's it's so like, stupid. For me, it was just like, who mm. then took this and put it on videotape? You know, right. like, like that just kind of broke the that part of the movie for me, where it was just like, either stick to like your whole aesthetic kind of principle thing, or just don't have that as part of the movie and just have it be like, these are a bunch of crazy videos on the internet. I don't know. Like we found some weird stuff on the dark net. There's weird mm. stuff going on. Like that would have been, yeah, yeah, I would have been more into that. Like if it was like a digital premise instead of a VHS premise, like to kind of tie them together. But that said, like there's there's some pretty gnarly business, specifically one early in the movie I thought was really, really good. So it might be worth looking into, but I don't know. You know what's scarier to me? What? What's that? The reason I'm, I can't play Aquaria anymore is is because I'm at a part where I have to go into the abyss. Oh, really? Yeah. I think you're kind of you might be past the point where I am. I'm not sure how how many hours have you put in, dude. I don't even know. Like, cause I'll leave it running while I'll, I'll play it a bit, then I'll go make food and come well, back half an hour later. Maybe not so much hours, but like, have you like? I would say I've only done one thing. I would describe as like a dungeon where I fought a boss. So did you, know? you get the beast form? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I've gotten the like attack form, and. Uh, y- I think you get another form and some other stuff, and then you're at the same point. Past that point, I just kind of started wandering around, hoping, like, trying to find the next main area, and then I found, like, some collectible stuff for my cave. But... Would you say that game is almost too far in the direction where it doesn't help you enough? Because the thing Uh, is, like, it tells you where you can go to different screens, but it doesn't tell you what's pertinent to right now. No, I, I kind of... Honestly, like I've I've been kind of looking forward to having a conversation with uh, Mr. Holoka because his his take on the Metroid games I thought was really interesting. It put that whole series in a different light as being like kind of nonsense in a way. Like, okay. like I guess I can reiterate it when like if like when if and when we're talking to him, but I I'll I'll say it here. Um, his big thing was Samus. Like, why does the whole world seem to revolve around Samus and how she works? You know. Right. Like you can open up stuff that's like perfectly tuned to your energy signature and your weapons and abilities. That makes no sense because she is like from some other planet and she's arriving in this ancient society. Like right. it mechanically is fun, but it story wise is broken. And like I guess what he like he's trying to do with this game is kind of like have that exploration thing. And, like, you are part of the ancient culture, but you have amnesia, which is kind of this weird, you know, games have to do that sometimes to negotiate their relationship between how much the player knows and how much the character knows. Like, if you have to be on the same page somehow. Right. Um, but it, it there's at least, a like, that character is tied to that world in a way that makes exploring make more sense. Like, there's a logic to it that's not in Metroid. Um, yeah. And I guess coming fresh off of playing the original Metroid, like I would definitely say this game is way more helpful than that game was. Like right. it has a map and has like a like a frequent save areas and all this stuff. Like it's it's much We're also more... talking about a game that came out 20 years later. Yeah, I know. So, so it like it's it's good it borrowed some of that stuff, but I I guess yeah, it's hard for me to kind of like be like, "Oh no, it's not helping me out enough." Like it, compared to other stuff I've been playing, it's really really polite. It's really helpful. So right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not, there also seems to be like some areas that exist just for the sake of existing. 
which I mm-hmm. kind of like because like again like it's kind of this narcissism thing with like in a Metroid game the whole world is literally designed so Samus can do stuff in it every mm-hmm. room has a point whereas here it's like no it's just a big cave like sometimes there's just caves in the ocean and there's there's just nothing because it's the ocean like you know it's like kind of capturing like you're exploring stuff but sometimes there's nothing to find because it's it's you know going for some semblance of logical reality but see in my mind that hinders the best parts of aquaria which mm-hmm. is the story i just want to get to more story beats i don't want to be fucking around in a cave that has nothing that's bullshit i kind of like swimming around i don't like the swimming around if we're going to talk about like story versus mechanics i think aquaria has a much much better like feel in the story department mm-hmm. than metroid ever has in any of their games mainly because okay. i've never really cared about the story beats in metroid yeah yeah but I would rather play Metroid as a game where you just sit down and play than wow. this so far. I have to be in a mood to play Aquaria. I've never had to be in a mood to play a Metroid game. I could just go in for a bit. Mm. I mean, I also just had my recent Other M experiences not do so well, but that that is... Other M is an anomaly. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like series. indicative of other Metroids, really. It's It's kind of a weird thing, but... I think I'm still in that early game hump that Nintendo just seems to have a lot. Like I don't in general. Know. Like, I'm still kind of apprehensive about Skyward Sword because it's yeah. supposed to have, like, all right, now for four hours, this is going to be kind of the worst. But then <laughs> yeah. it gets really good. And, like, for me, like, that's just kind of this weird thing because it's like, like, I guess I, the best comparison would really be, like, a TV show or something. Like, it's like, all right, the first season of Mad Men isn't all that, but then it gets really good. That is an opinion I have, so, like, that, that that's, like, a thing I can compare it to. Like, if I could try comparing it to a movie or something, like, it all falls apart. It's like, first, got to watch a four-hour movie that is terrible. It's just like, well, why wouldn't I just watch a good movie? Like, I don't, I don't understand. You know. So first, like, no, 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 you gotta, no, no. first you have to watch The Godfather, mm-hmm. and then you can watch Godfather Two. Godfather Two is better, but it's not like that night and day comparison. But right. yeah, I, like I'm trying to think of a movie where's, that is though. Very few like, I'm sequels of, like, are much, much, much better. In in games or movies. In movies, sequels aren't usually. You're saying or not like night and day better yeah no like sometimes like like it's kind of like you know terminator 2 come on it's better like there's there's a whole kind of group of people like like, also i'm saying not night and day like if you're gonna go with the precursor that has to be like completely better oh yeah no like terminator 1 has its charms like right i'm just more saying there's a certain group that as a movie really yeah not like what james cameron did with aliens and stuff too like it's just they're so different like they're i don't know whatever but th- that's a different conversation hmm? i like what james cameron does i kind of yeah like for the most part i didn't really like avatar very much i just didn't but i didn't that mind last, even though it's pocahontas it's pocahontas yeah but i i don't know it just I didn't get caught up in it very much. I I did like Titanic though. That was a good movie. And Aliens. True Lies was pretty crazy. That was a crazy movie. So True Lies was really good. Really crazy. Like yeah, I guess good, but in a way that like just ridiculous. Like nineties insane, you know. I like things the Abyss tried to do. 
I have that on my shelf. I haven't. I've only seen it once. I've been meaning to go check it out again because I, I definitely did like things about it. I like Ed Harris and such. So. And like I said, Aliens, I love. Yeah, it's good. It's a good it's movie. fun action movie. It's a fun action movie, you know. And like that, you know, the first one. I don't know why people are so inclined to overstate its importance. It's a fun horror movie. It's not like 2001: A Space Odyssey 2 or something. Like it is not doing that. And I think Aliens was the first movie we ever saw together. Oh, at the Digital Film Festival. Yeah. Really? I thought it was Hobo with a Shotgun. No, we saw that after, I think. Really? Yeah. Really? Because I've met up there with my friend James, who's in a podcast jamming with James. Oh, okay. With him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, we were there, and then I was texting you looking for you, and I didn't know what you looked like. Oh, okay. Specifically at Aliens. Yes. Okay. I guess maybe the first time we hung out after a movie was Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. We walked up the mall or something and we're talking a bit. So Aliens has a heart beside it now. Okay. Yeah. Aw, that's cool. (laughs) That's fine. I just want, like, just in relation to Hobo with a Shotgun briefly, he apparently has a short film in the sequel to VHS. So I'm a little curious about that one, too. Okay. But, yeah, that director. I don't know. I liked Hobo with Shotgun quite a bit. I don't know how. Yeah, it it's really good. It, yeah, it does. It does a does some cool stuff. I was pretty happy. There you go. Films. Films. Um, uh, Christopher Dorner. You know, a lot of fun filled topics this week. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not just to understate that. That ended really, really badly. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It's just, it's weird. It was like a weird, morbid thing. It, it was like that same fascination we've kind of talk, talked about a bit, like with reading about serial killers or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was like reading that kind of journal entry or whatever, essentially, it was just like a window into that mindset in a way I was like really, really caught up in for some reason. And I think, I think it like that combined with like too much uh, Hotline Miami and the soundtrack and being in a bad mood resulted in like this weird movie mindset for like 24 hours after that i was just like in this like punchy mood for a bit it was crazy it was yeah yeah. i don't know i was like uncomfortable like with how like oh yeah man yeah kicking open stuff and go (laughs) kicking over stuff kicking over stuff did you actually kick something over please tell me you did i did not oh Sorry, this didn't result in actual criminal actions. It was more just like internal mindset was kind of gloomy and weird. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, watch out. It's a weird read. If I don't know if I'd recommend doing that, but it's a it's an interesting thing. So, yeah, scary stuff on the internet. <laughs> okay, and with that. Um... I guess just a few things quickly to wrap up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, live podcasts. We're doing this live every Monday. Uh, we're doing it a bit early today because people had today off. So there is no real Reading excuse. Week. Well, and it's today specifically Monday. It's a uh, family day in Canada and president's day, I think in the U S. Oh yeah. So yeah. Every, we all have the Monday off. So it was a good day to do it a little bit early. So we're, I'm not up all night editing and that whole sort of thing. But uh, yeah, pixel-response.com slash live is where we're going to be from now on. It's We're using a Ustream client. Um, 
until I probably find something better. But well, because so, yeah. apparently there's a lot of cat food ads or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's a way to get around that, but the problem is, you know what? It's very technical. Um, okay. Basically, our page layout is to like for pictures and stuff. It's resizing everything to fit into the main column. Hmm. which includes the embed embedded window for the live stream. Okay. And the thing is, if you make that window like about 200 by 200 pixels big, the ads don't play because they're too, it's too small, which Uh-oh. is what I've been trying to do, but it's hmm. not working. So I'm, I'm going to have to go code digging and fix that. But <laughs> that's going to take a while. Um, I'd much rather almost just do something more proprietary, but that's thinking way too advanced for now but mm-hmm. yeah so we're gonna be live um as always you can join us talk to the people in the chat room we got a couple people left here oh a necronoma gamer came in hey not i guess mario 64 mario necronoma gamer purple slinky and secondhand sarcasm thank you so much for coming out as always you guys are awesome um you could probably get your name read too if you're here just saying yeah send us questions Is that send us questions yeah, we yeah, can do that. Yeah, send us questions, ask us questions. Um, be a thing. You can do that, I mean, live, obviously. Or if you don't want to be live or can't make it, podcast at pixel-response.com for email. You can also even Twitter now with the hashtag PRPod. So that'll be the number sign PRPOD, and that'll go mm-hmm. to our social stream. That's through Ustream as well, so we can read those if you wanted to do it that way. Uh, you can leave something on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the pixel response you can get us on twitter which is i'm just trying to remember pixel underscore response mm-hmm. because yeah pixel response there's so many different variations around the internet i've had to use because people have stolen it <laughs> so um, wait should we specifically call out our amazon thing too yes thank you for reminding me um so basically every we're not making money off of pixel response right now, the podcast or any of this stuff. The, in fact, we are putting in our money. We love to do it because we love doing this thing and we love to be able to talk to people that listen to us and put our opinions out there and stuff. But you know what, if you want to help out, you can do so by going to our page at the very right hand side at the, almost at the bottom, there's a section that says want to help out and there's an Amazon button there Basically, click that link, do your shopping, and we will get a percentage of whatever you spend. You will not spend any extra at Amazon. It just tells Amazon that, hey, I came to you guys through these guys, so you should give them a little bit for advertising for you. And then they do, and it helps a lot. As always, you can all also make a donation if you're so inclined. Obviously, we don't expect anyone to do any of it, but... We appreciate everything we get from you guys, including just your comments and feedback. That's good enough for us, too. But, you know, if you want to throw a little extra in, we probably wouldn't mind. I don't think Nathan would mind. Uh, yeah, that would be helpful. And that's mostly your burden right now. So thank you for doing that. Paying all these bandwidth, it's crazy. You know? It happens. So, yeah, Twitter. But, yeah, get a hold of us, Twitter. It's pixel underscore response. Nathan is Krasnor, K-R-A-Z-N-O-R. I am Exposure, E-X-F-A-U-X-S-U-R-E. And Stitcher, 
listen to us on Stitcher. Give us the thumbs up. Give us a rating on iTunes. Do all that sort of thing. It helps out. As always, visit pixel-response.com for more. And we will talk to you guys and see you guys next time. The music went away. What happened?